Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio, 103.1 FM, 910, 980, 1300 AM. It's 509 here at the station. Like they said, it's 81, mostly cloudy storms in our area. It looks like the sun's peeking out now here at the station in Pittston, but there are some storms going to blow up later today. We are under a thunderstorm warning and flood watch, so be careful out there if you're you're driving around. Now, now full disclosure, I don't live in Luzerne County, so I'm not really you know, up to speed on the flooding issues and the mitigations that have been done there. But I, I did get a text message. Rob, what are you talking about? There's been nothing done about the Susquehanna flooding question. Where have you people been? You're aware that the decade of work and the millions spent on flood mitigation that has already saved the Wyoming Valley from a flood event that could have been worse than Agnes. Come on, fa- facts matter. I'm glad if 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 true, and I, and I have no reason to believe it's not true. You know, I'm, it's good to hear. Uh, obviously, some people in in Luzerne County um, disagree that they've done enough, and and all I'm saying is, if there's that perception out there, then it's especially with this these flood premium insurance premium increases, maybe it's time Luzerne County uh, calls a meeting, a town hall meeting, with FEMA, with Pima, with the Army Corps of Engineers to say how they can make things better. And again, that doesn't address the insurance premium problem. The flood zones will remain the flood zones. The key is to, you know, save life and property. Make the uh, mitigation that life and property is uh, a threatened as less as least as you can. Um so that that's all I'm talking about there. And and the first good step is talking about it. The first good step is bringing people in to discuss these things. I mean, there's there's been a couple of sarcastic remarks about Matt Cartwright, you know, introducing legislation to address these increased premiums. Listen, you know, I'm 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 not a, a fan of what Matt Cartwright has done. I I don't think he's your typical politician. I don't think he's done enough for this area. I don't think he really puts himself out to to uh, advocate for our area. But you know, if he's doing something to help people, especially on fixed incomes, I'm all for it. You know, I will give credit where credit's due, and he's the only one that I saw out of the article, at least, that was doing something uh, as far as legislation to help mitigate these insurance premiums that that are skyrocketing anywhere from the least I thought saw was 274 percent to 600 percent. So you know, I'll give credit where credit's due. And I, I don't dislike Matt Cartwright. He's just not the political type that that I like and I would vote for. But if he's supportive of the people, regardless of their demographic, regardless of uh, what party they are, then I'm for his efforts. So, you know, I call it as it see it when it comes to that. The Supreme Court, I know Paul Michaels uh, touched on it you know, during one of his news breaks, um, we have Thursday and Friday left of their session for this year, and, and there's a lot of stuff that could be on, on the line for them to make their decisions. Now, usually they've been coming out with three or four decisions a day, and again, these decisions can come out Thursday or Friday of this week, and I think they're done for this session. But there's, there's a lot on the table for these, for the Supreme Court to make these decisions. You know, affirmative action is one of the cases. There's a case involving Harvard and the other involving the University of North Carolina that's basically highlighting reverse racism. You know, I believe the Harvard case was was an Asian individual who's saying that, you know, he's being passed over at Harvard, even though he has better grades, even though he has a better academic standing than people of color that Harvard is is stressing to let in, and he's basing it on uh, affirmative action and saying that he's being discriminated against, he or she is being discriminated against 
because of such policies. And I know Harvard's been called out to task for that. So that's one case that is uh, sitting before the the Supreme Court that, that, that could have a, a big deal, not just in education, but anywhere, employment, you know, any kind of affirmative action policies that, that in the end, you know, could end up discriminating against someone who looks like me, you know, a, a male white. And that's just, uh, you know, it's just the way it is. We, we've seen it. Um, you know, I, I've seen it through my career. I've seen it. And, and listen, diversity is a good thing. We benefit from diversity. I get it. I'm not a fan of equity. I'm a fan of equality. Everybody should have the same opportunities, not the same results. The results depend on you. And, uh, you know, that's where I stand as far as that. One of the bigger cases as far as media goes is the student loan. You know, forgiveness forgive of student loans uh, that Joe Biden has pushed and the progressives of his party have really you know, kind of got behind where that stands. We will see um, during the the testimony, during the hearings for that, it didn't look good for that being upheld. But their recent decisions of last week kind of put doubt on maybe where that could go. So it, it's really from the experts that I've seen on the Supreme Court, it's really up in the air on, on where this could go. And it, it'll affect a lot of people. You know, do they forgive this? Who pays for it? You know, I, I think we've seen the price tags are out there, but the student loan cases is by far one of one of the biggest things that I've seen. And I know I've talked about it here, but one of the one of the conversations that I saw, I, I saw it firsthand. That's why I talk about it. You know, it's not something I heard. It's not an urban legend or something like that. But you know, I, I saw a Republican conservative family college student and their family say they were going to vote for Joe Biden because of the student loan issue, because it was worth the chance to get whatever it is. What is it? $30,000 or $25,000 or, you know, whatever the the maximum is for the, the student loan forgiveness for however many children they had in. You know, it was worth them to take that chance, figured, you know, how much damage can a Biden administration do in four years? If he gets it passed, great, it saves us, you know, thousands of dollars. And then we move on. It was worth that gamble. It was worth that risk. And, you know, it's their decision to make. It's it's not, you know, I, I'm not one of these people who get all all worked up and, and turn on someone personally. You know, we, we've heard it with some callers here. You know, they... they they vehemently despise you if you think differently from them. And, and that's the, one of the beauties of America. We, we're allowed to think different from each other. We're allowed to have different beliefs. We're allowed to support different people. You know, that, that make, has no bearing on what I think of someone as a friend, what I think of someone as a person, you know, the respect I have for someone. Hey, if you want to support Joe Biden, by all means, go ahead. I'd like to hear the reasons why. I'd like to hear your justifications for such. But the fact that I support someone else, the, the fact that I have supported someone else in the past and may not now, you know, you're lumped into that, well, you people and, and, and such like that. Well, that's just not the way I, I work. You know, you're allowed to have your own beliefs. You're allowed to do, do your own thing. But, but I saw that firsthand where people were willing to give the Biden administration a chance simply for, you know, a few, you know, $10,000, you know, 
and you, you times that for a couple of people, you know, maybe make it maybe it's ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars that you're going to get back. Yeah, it's a nice chunk of change, but is it worth everything that we've gone through the past two, three years under a Biden administration? I don't think so. You know, I I'm one who who you know has a daughter in college. It's not. You know, I, I, my wife and I made the decision that, you know, with our two kids having an exchange for service for their college tuition, you know, we have the one daughter in nursing school. So that was really our only college tuition cost. And I read an article today that, that financial experts say it's a mistake to pay for your kid's college, you know, unless you're in unique situations because they say, you know, there's college loans for a reason. There's no retirement loans for you. So people are are dipping into their retirement savings or not putting what they should be putting into their retirement savings to help their kids, their adult kids, go to college and get their degrees. And thankfully, we're in a situation where we we can do that. And, you know, okay, you know, getting $10,000 or $20,000 back, it would be nice, but I'm not going to risk everything that we've done the past two to three years, everything we've seen with inflation, with our border, with 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 just everything, I, I just I don't think this administration has done anything positive for this country, um, and a lot of people think the last administration did, didn't do a lot of positive things for the country, and that's the differing opinion we have, and that's fine. We can um, just like my option is to not vote for a Joe Biden, your option is to not vote for the other guy, but the option shouldn't be hate me because of who I vote for, or me hate you because of who you will vote for. You know, I try not to call the other side names. You know, I, I think the worst I've done here on the radio is I called Hunter Biden a dirtbag because I don't care what side of the aisle he is. He is. Look at his lifestyle. Look at the things he's done. He's a dirtbag. Um, you know, I disagree with the other side a lot. I disagree with, with a lot of things. I disagree with Republicans um, a lot. But, you know, it's interesting to see how people I, I saw as staunch conservatives say, hey, I'm going to give a Joe Biden administration the chance because simply because he'll wipe out ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars of our debt or give us our, our get our money back or we can use it for something else. You know, it's that's just not worth it for me. But the fact that I saw that firsthand, you know, raises my eyes. How many more people did that? And I think if you promise kids who are college age, who are new voters, that you might take away ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars of their debt, that's where a lot of votes came from. And it's going to be interesting to see if that doesn't come to fruition, if they retaliate or what happens at that point. Um, another one of the big cases is gay rights that are going to come, religious rights, voting rights. You know, these are the big cases that we should hear about with the Supreme Court either Thursday and Friday. So I'm sure we're going to have a lot to talk about those days. Talking about um, turmoil and things happening in the area, it's time for traffic and weather, 520. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, and tonight it's going to be very confusing for people, let me tell you. This Pentella Data Internet Traffic Update is brought to you by Firetree Conowago. Struggling with addiction? Firetree Conowago can help. Visit firetree.com. All right, so tonight, 81 is going to be shut down in the northbound lanes Around uh, the Susquehanna, so wait, or is it going to still be shut down tonight, guys? I had this from earlier today, so PennDOT says alternating lane closures, and I don't see tonight's on here now. So tomorrow night it's going to be southbound on 81. So I thought I was going to have to give this reminder today, and now I don't. It has disappeared off of, I guess, the weather is playing a role 
in the the thing. So I thought I went to give the reminder and pull it up, and it's gone. So just beware. Poof. The, the rest of the week, 81 northbound or southbound will be shut down. Jeez. All right. Right now, North River Street in Wilkes-Barre is pretty jammed up here. Streets of the Cross Valley, 81 northbound and southbound. Lennox to Waverly, bumper to bumper and crawling. And there is slowing 81 both directions through the Scranton area. 80 west, that is jammed up in the Bloomsburg area through that construction. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line, 570-883-7269. Nikki Stone, WILK Traffic. Thank you, Dinky. Here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from Chief Meteor- uh, from Meteorologist John Hickey. Flood watch until 11 p.m. Tonight, storms ending, isolated showers, low 64. Tuesday, scattered storms likely, high 80. Wednesday, partly sunny, a few storms possible, high 75. Thursday, partly sunny, a few storms possible, high 80. It's currently 81 degrees, and it looks like the sun may be out a little bit here in Pittston as well. At 522 at your official weather station, WILK. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. You can call or text the show at 570-883-0098. A lot of comments on the uh, the levee systems and the, the water mitigation systems in Luzerne County along the river. I appreciate everyone chiming in on that. Let's go to the phone now. We have uh, L from Wayne County on the primary. L. Hi. Um, I wanted to mention to you, last week you were talking about the primary and um, you said that there was no paper shortage, but there was actually at the one location, Hunlock Creek, I think it was. They called it Hunlock, so I think it's Hunlock Creek. They ran out of paper because it was mentioned on either TV or radio. I can't recall now. I think when I but talked I just, about it, someone texted in, and I did correct that, that they did say that there was one location, but since it was only one location, it kind of got buried in the news. Oh, okay, okay. Um, I, I didn't know that you said that. I didn't hear that, but um, I wanted you to know that for for uh, information. And then, uh, is your daughter going to be registered nurse or LPL? She's going to be a registered nurse. Okay, because uh, uh, the, the the May twenty fifth, they were talking about it on TV, and they were advertising that to be an LPL, you could get your LPL. In 18 months, if you went to, I think it was called Fortis, F-O-R-T-I-S, and it was, that, it was they said if you wanted information to look at pahomepage.com, they were the ones that, that had it on the news. And I was shocked because I don't think it's ever only taken 18 months to get an LPL, you know, license. Yeah. I, I just... I mean, there's two-year degrees. There's an associate's degree for nursing. There's the, the BSN, the bachelor's in nursing, which is my daughter's program, and, and that's the highest level of, of nursing you can get. They they have the LPNs. They have the nursing assistant, which I've seen 18-month courses for that. Um, you know, there's, there's all different avenues you can go, and they all pay very well. So that's why I'm saying, you know, yes, these schools are an investment and, and do cost you money, but with the amount of money you can make, um, doing these things. I mean, even nursing school. E- e- my daughter goes to a state school. She goes to Clarion University. You know, it's a state school, so the, the the tuition is is manageable, but it's still a lot. You're still graduating. You know, if you paid for everything out, you know, sixty, seventy, eighty thousand dollars in debt. But as long as you you manage your payments, and you know, I mean, when you're making seventy, eighty, ninety, a hundred thousand as a nurse, you know, it's manageable. You can pay that investment off over over the next couple of years. You you just you know, it's. People say, well, I don't want to pay four or $500 a month for my, my student loan. Well, that was your investment in your future. 
That was part right. of your deal. That was part of what your plan was. You know, I understand it stinks. I understand it gets in the way of a nice new car payment, or maybe you have to get a car payment that's a little less than you want. You can't get that Jeep Gladiator that you wanted right off the bat. But that's life. You know, life is hard. You work hard. You pay off your debts, and and then you receive the fruits of your labor when you no longer have that car payment, when you no longer have that yeah. student loan payment, and you can go out and get that Jeep Gladiator that you wanted to get. That's right. And if you become a traveling nurse, you can really make an awful lot of money. I mean, I, I can't believe what they get for, for being travelers because they, they get uh, bonuses and everything for doing that. But, of course, you have to do that 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 extra piece of the work, you know? You know what? In, I've never seen the travel. I, I, I get that, but... You know, if if hospitals and management companies and areas treated their nurses that they have here all the time, they wouldn't have to pay all that extra money to get traveling nurses in because the nurses would just stay where they wanted to be. I mean, I know nurses. I know traveling nurses. I know some of them love to travel. They went to destinations that were great. You know, they, they, mm-hmm. they rented their furniture. They put them in places. They did everything. They love meeting new people and traveling to places for the contract time. You know, it worked for them. But, you know... There's a lot of people it doesn't work for that that just do it because they do make that good money. And, and you see all the time where, you know, these hospitals will fight paying their nurses $80,000, but they have no problem paying a traveling nurse $140,000. So, I know, you know, I it's, know. It's unbelievable how that works until that gets figured out and they start treating their, their, their home nurses better. You know, it's going to be interesting. That's right. <laughs> all right, Ella, I appreciate well, your call today. Yeah, tell your son congratulations. That was my... <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. But it's uh, 5.30 here at WILK. It's time for the news. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio, 103.1 FM, 910, 980, 1300 AM. It's 5.35 here. Looks like the sun's out here in Pittston, but there are storms in the area. Just be careful outside. We have a flood watch and some thunderstorms that will be blowing up over the evening as the sun sets. So, uh, you know, as you're driving, if you're in the area, be careful. Um, looks like uh, NASA is uh, poses a lithium mining at a tabletop flat Nevada desert site used to calibrate satellites. Now, environmentalists, tribal leaders, and others have fought for years against lithium mining ventures in Nevada. Uh, which which we do have a big deposit of lithium, you know, the needed mineral for batteries, especially in this, uh, you know, clean, energy-friendly environment. But in order to get that clean energy, they need to do some dirty work in uh, strip mining to get the uh, minerals needed for these things. And, and in this case, it's lithium. And, um, you know, they were looking at this particular area, and this is a dried-up lake bed that is is similar to the salt flats. It's called tabletop, and it's undisturbed like no other in the Western Hemisphere. And it's as smooth as a table, which is hence the word, that the name it has, tabletop. And uh, NASA uses it to calibrate satellites. So as the, uh, as the satellites maneuver overhead to this area, they use it to calibrate them because it's one of the flattest areas on Earth. Um, So NASA has stepped in on the side of the environmentalists, tribal leaders in the area, and and others that say that, no, this is is a national security issue. This is an issue for our satellites that we need to protect. And um, it looks like the U.S. Bureau of Land Management has agreed 
to withdraw 36 miles of the eastern Nevada terrain from its inventory open to mineral exploration and mining. So it's it's interesting to see NASA step in and say, uh, you know, this is a, an intricate need for our space program, especially our satellites, um, to look at it. Now, you know, looking at the map of the area, it's very interesting. And, and I have, I've had the opportunity and the privilege to go out to White Sands in uh, in New Mexico. And, and it, it's just incredible to visit. If, you've, if you have the opportunity to visit White Sands uh, National Park out in 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 White Sands, um, New Mexico, I, I highly encourage it. Um, there's nothing else around there, so don't think you you, you know there is. There, there's the Lincoln National Forest there, and you can go to the VLA, the very wide array, very large array, which is the the it's a big Y of these big satellite dishes that you've seen in a lot of the movies. Uh, the movie Contact comes to mind, where they showed it out there. And it's it's interesting to see, but the White Sands uh, is just incredible. I mean, to see this, it literally looked like sugar or powder. I mean, it felt more like a, a flour or a powder than it did sand. And you know, the, these rolling they were they were mountains of of this white sand and and the flats that go through it and the desert landscape. It was just something you would never see, you know, out here, and I've never seen before. You know, that type of, type of landscape. And it was just incredible, and I've had the opportunity to go there a few times. And and at dusk, it's just incredible the way the sun, as it's setting, you know, beams off the 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 tan mountains, the desert mountainscape that's behind it because it does sit in a valley, and uh, and the white, you know, the crystal white sand that that's just unbelievable. And um, you know, one of the things they do, they actually sled and ski down these hills. That's how soft the powder is. Um, you know, they, they bring their, their plastic sleds, they climb to the top, but you are at high altitude as well. So it, it does take a toll on you, you know, when you're, uh, when you're running around the sand and digging in the sand, but it, it was just a, one of the nicest places I've seen. And this is very similar to that. It looks like the salt flats of this tabletop where, where they're saying there is a large deposit of, uh, lithium. So it'd be interesting to see because as of now, we depend on our lithium from other areas, places like China, places like Russia that are going to be uh, not so uh, friendly to us and even worse so as, the, as it comes up um, when, when, when tensions rise because, you know, one of the big things that we saw with Russia that happened this weekend is China's take on what, what happened, how, how easily Vladimir Putin's regime kind of folded I mean, if it wasn't for, for the Wagner group turning around and going back, this could have been a very different area. And China knows that they, uh, they are in the same realm as that. And, um, you know, with looking at Taiwan and what we would do and what we wouldn't do is going to be an interesting dynamic in the area. It's uh, 540. Nikki doesn't look like she has anything different. So no, not really. <laughs> it's 540. It's time for traffic and weather. Actually, in the Wilkes-Barre area, it's not so bad. This Pentella Data Internet Traffic Update is brought to you by SC Johnson Raid. We're looking at some slowing in the um, 
the area through construction, Waverly to Lenox, both directions. You're going to be crawling a bit in some spots. But other than that, on 81, it's not looking so bad in the Scranton or the Wilkes-Barre area, as a matter of fact. It is a little jammed up on Highland Park Boulevard. It seems like there's heavy traffic there. And a little bit in the Plains area near the Cross Valley on-ramp on North River Street. You might have a slight delay. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line, 570 570- 883-7269. Nikki Stone, W-I-L-K Traffic. Thank you, Nikki. Here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from meteorologist John Hickey. Tonight, storms ending, isolated showers, low 64. Tuesday, scattered storms likely, high 80. Wednesday, partly sunny with a few storms possible, high 75. Thursday, partly sunny and a few storms possible, high 80. It's currently 76 degrees uh, with some sun and clouds outside right now at 542 at your official weather station, WILK. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 544 here at the station. Listen, WILK has tickets to the Pocono 400 NASCAR Cup Series race on Sunday, July 23rd at Pocono Raceway. This is an online contest. Go to WILKnewsradio.com and enter to win grandstand tickets. Plus one winner will score the grand prize, 300-level seats, which are open-air and shared, shaded and have some of the, the best views of the track. Enter once per day only at WILKnewsradio.com. And if you're going to be there, we will see you there. Uh, should be a good weekend. Hopefully the weather is good. Um, you know, it's been iffy in times past, but they've gotten in. And, and But when it's good there, it's great. You know, the the uh, the Pocono Raceway is always a good time. So uh, I'm looking at this Politico story, and, and it says, Biden versus Trump, the 2024 race, a historic number of Americans don't want. Um, you know, through to the polling... And now that the primaries are pretty much in full swing, well, the GOP primary on that side, they're not even acknowledging there is a Democratic primary, even though there are members um, that are running. But uh, a CNN SSRS poll from earlier this month found that more Americans viewed neither Biden nor Trump favorably than those who held favorable, favorable views of either man. Uh, a plurality, 36%, viewed neither candidate favorably, while 33 had a favorable view of Trump and 32 for Biden. Now, that that's interesting there. You know, you have 36% said neither, 33 for Trump and 32 for Biden. Um, constraining ourselves to registered voters, 31 viewed neither Biden nor Trump favorable. So when it just goes to registered voters and not their whole polling thing, it goes down to 31 instead of 36 um, which is telling. When you zoom in on those who were favorable, unfavorable, inclined toward Biden and Trump, it uh, looks like 22% of adults and 21% of registered voters had an unfavorable view of both of them. Um, now, if you put this into perspective, during the Hillary Clinton and Trump campaign, only 19% viewed neither nominee is favorable and they were probably at that time you know especially with Hillary Clinton were, were probably one of the hated uh, candidates there was they were vehemently against Donald Trump when he was up against Hillary Clinton 
And, uh, you know, the, the Republicans were vehemently against Hillary Clinton. But only 19% viewed neither cam- candidate favorably. And now that's up to 36%. So what does that say for us and this race? Um, you know, it breaks it down more so, but more and more we're seeing with this with with this case. And and, and I want to get your your input on it. You can call or text at five seven zero eight eight three zero zero nine eight. More and more people are looking for an option C. I mean, it's it's clear the 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 ones that are coming out, the the polls that are coming out, you know, all but state that. But it seems, you know, a lot of the people on the GOP side are not happy. And there's plenty of people running. Um, you know, DeSantis doesn't seem to be an option C for a lot of people. You know, I, I think he's got a lot to offer. I think a lot of it. I, I want to see a thorough GOP primary. As a conservative, as a Republican, I want to see it based on the facts about plans, programs, what they're going to do, how they're going to do things. You know, I want to see. I want to see the nuts and bolts. I want to see how they're going to make things better. Specifically, I want specific ideas. I don't want generalisms. I don't want. Well, we're going to fix the border. Well, how are you going to fix the border? Along with what are you going to fix the border? Is part of fixing the border, you know, about revamping our immigration system because that's what's truly broken. That's causing a, you know an inundated border. You know, make no mistake, our American government could secure the border in 48 hours if we really wanted to. If we really wanted to as a country, we could secure our border in 48 hours. It's just as simple as that. It's just as simple as that, but we have it. And we're dealing with a lot of influx because of that. And forget about the number of migrants. Forget about the drugs. Forget about everything that's peripheral to this influx of, of immigrants, illegal immigrants coming into our country. Look at the cost it's having on American cities. Look at the cost and the things that aren't being done because of all this money being poured into these immigrants who have been scattered all across the nation. You know, it just came up that the, you know, the mayor of New York City has been spending tens of thousands of dollars to fly immigrants to other countries now. You know, when he when he badmouths the Texas governor and the Florida governor about busing and flying immigrants to his city, you know, there he is flying immigrants to other countries, to other cities, to, you know, suburban areas of New York State. But what we're not seeing, what we're not getting talked about, what the mainstream media is not keying on is What's not being addressed because of this millions upon millions of dollars that's being spent on housing, feeding, medical care, everything to do with illegal illegal immigration, which is a preventable problem. You know, it's a preventable it's a preventable uh, situation. Like I said, we could secure our border in forty eight hours. We just declare we just declare it, get our military involved. And shut the border down. You know, that's it. It's closed till we get a grasp of things. But then what? You know, that that can't be sustainable. And, and it shouldn't be sustainable. We have programs. We have plans in place that when they're enforced, when the people who are in charge of them are allowed to do their job, when they're given the resources that they actually need, 
we must uh, re re reinvest our our program. I mean, it, it's 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 naive to say we're going to go across the country, round all these people up, and throw them out. That's never going to happen. And I know throwing words around like amnesty and stuff like that just causes more of an issue, and it should, because it was a manufactured problem that, you know, that's probably the solution a lot of people in America want. That's why they've flooded our borders. That's why there's tens of thousands of people, you know, a month entering our nation and being scattered across the nation, giving giving asylum hearing dates, you know, five years from now, six years from now. It's just unsustainable. But what happens next? But now, the real factor now is the millions of dollars that these cities are spending. I mean, Pennsylvania alone has spent millions of dollars on illegal immigration coming here. You know, what else could that money have gone to in Pennsylvania? You know, New York City is spending millions of dollars per day on illegal immigration. What else could that money have gone to? to help, to fix people, to make our lives better as Americans. These are things that are just not being discussed. It's being thrown by the wayside. We need to do better. We need to hold these things accountable. And, and the, the mere fact that, yes, the mayor of New York's getting on TV and saying, well, hey, we're spending a couple million dollars a day on, on illegal... Well, okay, Mr. Mayor, what, what could have you been spending that money on? And holding that accountable, they just don't seem to care about the everyday citizen. And, and I don't care what party you are, because if it's police resources, if it's fire resources, if it's medical resources, if it's education, that's affecting all our children. If you're a Democrat, if you're conservative, progressive, if you're an independent, you know, these are services that are not getting provided to your children. These are services that are not getting provided to your families, to our families, to my families. All because they don't want to enforce our border, because chaos at our border has been a distraction. And, and that's, that's the main reason it's been done, because these are the things we're talking about. We're not talking about all the other things that are happening in, in our lives. They, these, these things, like, like the entire... You know, defund the police. It was just rhetoric to take your attention off things. They know it was never a, a, a thing. They know that the statistics don't show that there's a systemic issue with law enforcement on a nation. The systemic issue is people who can't follow the law, and when they do come in contact with law enforcement, they want to make excuses out of them. They want to make victims out of them. It's just not the way it happens. I mean, you look at this instant in uh, this cop city, they call it, which is basically a first responder training academy for fire and police in Atlanta. The Atlanta district attorney just removed herself from the case because the state attorney general wants to prosecute these individuals who rioted and took over the facility, the, the construction area. Well, the, the district attorney in Atlanta, because of the political fallout, because if she or he prosecutes them, the people of the city who are soft on crime will hold it against them. So basically, a self-sustaining move to not do their job, they remove themselves from the case because the PR would be too bad for them to do their job and enforce the law. This is a district attorney of Atlanta. 
And these are the issues we're facing in America, but we're being distracted by all these other things that didn't have to exist to begin with. We've allowed them. They're manufactured. And we need to do better as a nation to hold that accountable. But first and foremost, like I said from the start, the millions upon millions, the billions and trillions now of illegal immigration, what else could have that been spent on to make our lives better? It's uh, 556 here at WILK. We'll be back to close out the show in a minute. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. I got a text message in. Uh, your view on Robert Kennedy Jr., option C, Jay from Nesopec. Um I would like to see a debate with Robert Kennedy Jr. and Joe Biden. I, I don't think he's necessarily an option C, uh, but I do believe he will bring to light some some good things when it comes to Joe Biden. You know, I, I just like I want to see a healthy and in depth GOP debate. I'd love to see a Democrat debate as well, uh, but I think he's just got some. Two out there views, Robert Kennedy Jr. meaning, you know, I don't think he's a bad guy. I, I think he brings a breath of fresh air to politics, uh, even though his family's been involved in it for, for uh, decades. But I think he would hold Joe Biden accountable, and that's what primaries are about in a, in a good part, in parcel. So I, I would like to see that. I would like to see him get a more serious uh, acceptance from the Democrat Party as a whole. It is uh, almost... Six o'clock here at WILK. I appreciate you guys joining me on this Monday, June 26th. We'll be back tomorrow to do it again. God bless. Be safe. We'll see you tomorrow.